0: doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Hey, what's up, friend? Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Scott Shepherd. Today's episode is coming to you on a Monday, a Labor Day, at 2.30 post-meridian from Little Italy, San Diego, California, and I apologize in in advance. There may be some background noise Uh, for some reason after Brodus Maximus Shepherd the 16th and I were bronzing today on the patio. I think he's gotten a little frisky and he's making some (laughs) cat calls (laughs) to Fiona right now. And I think he's trying to like, I don't know, mount her and bite her and for some reason use her as like a humping receptacle. So I may need to break up some, <laughs> some inappropriate behavior in the middle of this episode, so I apologize in advance. And by apologize, I mean I apologize for entertaining you with another cat little interlude in one of my episodes. So, anywho, let's begin. As you may or may not know, what I've been doing lately has been giving you little tidbits and snippets of early pieces of my work that I am currently plugging away on within the realm of knowledge development and learning and how to actually develop your mind. And this is an important topic for those that write and research and publish things. And it has begun to attract, I don't know, a sort of niche community online around the term zettelkasten and zettelkasten as you probably know is the german term for note card box and for some reason zettelkasten has taken on a, a new shape and form caused by a lot of people that have misunderstood and cherry-picked certain features of what lumen used to create i believe 70 books and 550 published pieces of work well actually i'm sorry i think it was like 450 published pieces and then i think they found another hundred or so uh, in his estate after he passed away so everyone has been flocking and flooding and just going crazy to figure out the secret to his system and therefore a lot of people have proposed that it works a certain way and when in fact it does not it really comes down to reading Nicholas Lumen's own work and his own paper on how to create your own well. Really, it's called an anti-net, and I've created that term or renamed that term. Uh, renamed the term of uh, Zettelkasten because, quite frankly, it is so misunderstood that uh, it deserves a new term. And Nicholas Lumen never found significance in the co- the term Zettelkasten like no card box. His main point in theory surrounded the concept of actually communicating with and learning from and creating almost a second mind for you to learn from and develop and evolve and well essentially communicate with his title of his paper was communicating with card boxes you know note card boxes right and for some reason people have just grabbed on to the uh, seemingly novel term in English, uh, the German term, Zettelkosten, and, well, bastardized it into something else that it is not. But lo and behold, your savior, Mr. Scott P. Shepper. Unfortunately, I don't have a Maximus in my last name like Brutus here, but fortunately for you, I'm here to save the day and clear up the confusion. And so, What I will be diving into, I have one handwritten note in front of me, and I'm going to talk about and start to dive into human memory and how different aspects of human memory were actually modeled by Lumen and crafted by Lumen and designed by Lumen in his antinet Zetelkasten system. And it's important because, well, if you cherry pick his system and grab some components of it, and then, well, don't actually try other components of it, then you lose a lot. In fact, you probably lose everything. So, with that prelude... Let's jump into this thing. So what I want to talk about is a concept in human memory. And the human memory is a complex and important and in many ways a field that is still a mystery. And it's not just me saying that it's an important problem. It is probably one of the greatest physicists, scientists, thinkers in the past 100 years who echoes this sentiment, which is Mr. Richard Feynman. And I would like to read you a quote from Mr. Well, let's just call him Dick. Hey, Mr. Dick Feynman. So I'm going to read you a quote from Mr. Dick. (laughs) And here is the quote. Okay. In 1963, here is what Dick Feynman said. He said, quote, The central problem of the mind, if you will, or the nervous system, is this When an animal learns something, it can do something different than it could do before, and its brain must have changed too. Well, it must have changed if it is made out of atoms. In what way is it different? We do not know where to look or what to look for when something is memorized. We do not know what it means or what change there is in the nervous system when when a fact is actually learned. And this is a very important problem, which has not been solved at all. Assuming, however, that there is some kind of memory thing, the brain is such an enormous mass of interconnecting wires and nerves that it probably cannot be analyzed in a straightforward manner, period. End quote. So, I think understanding and getting a little bit more familiar with how the human memory works would be a wise investment in our current time. And Probably a wise investment over the course of the next 50 years, wherein dreams of general artificial intelligence, and by dreams, I mean for many, they would call that an illusion because artificial intelligence, specific artificial intelligence, is conceivable, but general artificial intelligence. The people that are actually in the know, like well, Naval Ravikant, hold that people are just wasting their time if they think that we are anywhere close to general AI. Meaning, maybe even in the next 1,000 years, we won't even get close to general AI. But that's a topic for another time. The bottom line is that well, Feynman holds the human memory as a complex, important, and in many ways still a mystery. And even today, it remains so. Yet we've made a ton of progress, and scholars have made a ton of progress, in understanding how it works. And Nicholas Lumen was well aware of the theory and the components that comprise memory when he built his anti net Zettelkosten. There are a lot of things that a lot of the people teaching digital Zettelkosten stuff have overlooked and completely biffed on. For instance, the concept of uh, contiguous temporal associations in memory is the concept that when things are placed next to one another that is how the human mind learns it thinks in sequences so one of the things that you'll see in digital Zettelkastens uh, is essentially the abandonment of the numbered id scheme in the tree like structure which allows you to view cards of ideas and notes in a sequence right instead they just have a like a Basically imagine a tree, okay, with branches and stems and leaves, and the leaf is essentially your note, your idea, the note card, okay? Well, when you travel up and down the tree, you you view things in a sequence. And that is kind of how your memory works. It chains together the different sequences of the cards in the order and that is one way in which it memorizes and thinks and understands and commits things. All right, Brotus, stop. You're rubbing your freaking chin against the microphone. I cannot allow that move. Dick, Dick Feynman. That's your new name, Brotus. All right. Anywho, um, where was I? What was I saying before Brotus so rudely interrupted me? Oh, yes. So that's one of the things that. People miss. And Lumen knew about contiguous temporal associations, which contiguous is just a fancy pants word for a continuing sequence, like one after the other, right? So if you try to remember, um, you know, Brotus, the term. Oh, God damn it, Brotus. No, don't freaking put your freaking paw on the keyboard. You're going to like cancel this recording, freaking Dick Feynman. Sorry. Okay. So if you, if you, try to memorize the term um Brodus and then the next term dick and then the next term uh let's say um keyboard right so your mind for some reason it strings together and links those two or links those three things in a sequence okay and if you just eliminate the sequence and its order forever, uh, you are basically doing a disservice to your memory and how it works. Anyway, when Lumen was first building his anti-net Zettelkasten, like when he actually first set out to even create this system, the reason and his motivation for doing so was his poor memory which he says in quotes and you can find that in johannes schmidt's research paper which will be cited probably when i release the book so i'm not going to read it out to you but it's on page 290 of johannes schmidt's and i finally figured out how to actually say johannes god damn it stop hitting the keyboard dickhead so yes johannes schmidt and that is how you say his name. Okay. However, so essentially Lumen began and started his anti-net Zettelkosten because of his poor memory. And he says that in quotes. Okay. Those are the terms he uses, Lumen uses. Yet what he discovered after he started building it and using it is something unexpected. You see. The tool that he built and modeled after like a human mind and how the memory works, it turned into so much more. And one reason why it turned into so much more than just a database for storing and storing things that he learned and just, you know, a static unliving thing, but it actually turned into a second mind, a communication partner, which is why he essentially created a paper that says communicating with note card boxes communication partner is the term that he uses and a thinking tool is a term that he uses okay so it's not just a memory database which is what essentially most of the note-taking digital apps out there are and have turned into even the ones with the best intentions because they've missed the finer points and the reason that lumens antinet his essentially antinet zettelkasten structure right turned into something more than just a database for remembering facts is because at the time when he started building his antinet his understanding of memory and how the human memory works was essentially incomplete you see there's two concepts that comprise a fundamental building block or, essentially, aspect of human memory. And this fundamental aspect of human memory is called interference. And there's two types of interference that occur within the human memory. The first one is retroactive interference. And this concept means that when you essentially forget or lose information that you have previously learned, that's called retroactive interference. And when Lumen began and started building his anti net, he thought that this was the only type of interference. And, well, essentially the only thing that he had to account for and correct for and try to fix was retroactive interference. When we essentially forget and lose the information that we've previously learned. However, there is a second type of interference. And that shall be revealed to you tomorrow. So stay tuned, hang around, and always remember to stay crispy, my friend, and enjoy this Labor Day if you're in the U.S., or have a very pleasant time laboring if you are in any other part of the world. And with that... I shall sign off at 2.47 p.m. from Little Italy, San Diego, with Brodus sitting, well, in a docile, friendly state under a heated lamp on my desk with his shorn testicles. Thank you very much, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. As we go on this journey, wherever the hell it takes us through this wild world of developing our knowledge, and fixing and correcting the misunderstandings, the propaganda, and the absolute horse shit job people have done trying to <laughs> interpret the digital Zettelkasten and how it works. I'm grateful to be here to save you from the same mistakes and same misunderstandings that every single other person on an everyday basis is falling into the trap of when they research and read about Zettelkasten today. So without further ado, I shall shut the hell up now and peace out. Bye-bye now and see you tomorrow. Hey, real quick, this podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, fricking me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do. Alright? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds. Right now. Pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days